You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, White Sox fans, Brett Balantini here, lucky enough to host another Southside Sox on the Farm podcast. I'm with my best friend in the whole wide world is Darren Black. He is our minors expert, or boy, he at least does the most work on the minors. So however experts, we are, we, he, he has that coat until someone takes it away from him. And I don't think anybody, based on how <laughs> the system is playing, I'm not sure there's going to be a lot of competition for that anytime soon, Darren, but who knows? What? <laughs> Maybe the off season will bring a lot of very hungry prospects, writers to Southside Sox. But barring that, it's me and you for the time being. And certainly in the immediate term, we are talking, we're going through your uh, season ending wrap ups for each team in uh, the system. And today we are talking about the Winston-Salem dash. Winston-Salem, 33 and 33. In the first half yeah. of the South Atlantic League, fourth place, eight and a half games behind, seventh out of 12 teams. Makes sense. Step back due to Project Birmingham or homesickness or something because they're 25 and 41 in the second half, 15 games out of first place, 12th <laughs> among 12 teams. Big step back. So overall, 58 and 74, 21 games back of first place, finishing in fifth place in their division within the league, 10th best out of 12 teams. And if you take all of high A, or as minor league baseball likes to call it, just A, 24th out of 30 teams, 24th, which is actually, I believe, even though I think Winston-Salem might have been the best of all the affiliates last year, I think that might still be an improvement. And boy, I tell you, just reading about 
the Tampa Rays having a second straight year of teams going back to back championships or championship series. It makes me think, boy, we do not have that system, do we? Uh, this year, the Dash were 26 and 40 on the road with a minus 106 run differential. All the stuff you'd expect from a team that was generally bad. There were highlights. And Darren, I am going, <laughs> in case we run out of time, let's make sure we talk about those highlights. Certainly, uh, to my way of thinking and looking over your preview, which, by the way, is running with this podcast. That's sort of how they work, hand in hand. <laughs> uh, two bats uh, really stood out as impressive. And let's start. Let's just start at the top, Darren, and uh, a guy who might be the top hitting, if not top prospect overall, top hitting prospect, a guy you can really get excited about because he seems to be making progress at a young age. It's Brian Ramos. Uh, and I think he's a guy you sort of dig. So give me the spiel on Brian Ramos for 2022. Yeah, I am a big fan of Brian Ramos. Um, again, we've talked about this before, but when Jose Rodriguez was going through his breakout last year, um, I always brought up that Brian Ramos was doing right pretty there. similar things, <laughs> yeah. just like different in a different, a bit different way than him. Um, and this year, I mean, he, he really just kind of did the same things that he was doing last year, but improved in every aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So obviously you just have a better season if everything improves. Um, the walks were still around where like 10%, 9%, which is just fine. Uh, and even better for a guy with that much pop. Um, but the strikeouts fell about 5%, which is fantastic. Whenever you move up a level and your strikeouts go down, that do, that definitely doesn't happen in the White Sox system very often. <laughs> right. And so that it happens uh, with Brian Ramos, that's fantastic. Um, and he still, uh, he added a bit of pop. It was pretty much the same, uh, but it was a bit higher this year than last year. Um, so lower strikeouts, walks kind of the same, power kind of the same, um, pulled together for a great year um, and, and, and was in Project Birmingham because of it. Yeah, and this is a guy, Darren, it's important, I think, to point out, too, still playing. He's young. He's still playing, yeah, I'm guessing, young for the level. So, I mean, that that yeah. makes it even more. I mean, it's one thing. Listen, success at any level, especially the White Sox, uh, improving your walks, cutting down your strikeouts. You could be 55 at, at, in, in A ball and you'd be like, wow, all right, well, it'd be a whole different story. But, you know, listen, the fact that this guy's still young, he's still learning. He's still, he's still, I'm still sure still adjusting to be in the United States for, for crying out loud. Uh, and, you know, and yet. Uh, improving across the board like that, I mean, that really puts uh, a star next to his name when you're talking about guys to be excited about in the system. Yeah, I, I mean, for some people, um, including myself, it's a real struggle on who you think is going to be better or who's a better prospect, Oscar Colas or Brian Ramos. Um, and I lean Brian Ramos at this point just because he is 20 and doing it at this level. Yeah. And he seems to be a legit third baseman as well, which, uh, again, like if they if he needs to move somewhere else, he can definitely do that. But he seems like he um, can stick at third, which uh, at this point at 20 and high A and you're proving you can stick at third with, you know, a pretty decent bat, then that's all great for yeah. a, a system that really doesn't have much uh, yeah. at third right now. Yeah, Brian, just don't look across the diamond and think about first base. Anything but first base, please. We got that covered, we think. Okay, more growth, not nearly at the same level, of course. I think generally, I don't think it's unfair to say uh, growth, especially given that he actually uh, did pretty well at Project Birmingham. 
a guy who's shown that he's maybe uh, grown a little pop into his game, Luis Maises, uh, seems to be a guy who's also, of course, nobody took a, a step like Brian Ramos, but uh, a distinct step forward for Luis as well. Yeah, he. Um, we talked about him a lot last year, um, first half of the season just because he was really bad, <laughs> and second half of the season because he was like really, really good. Mm-hmm. And he basically um, took – all the good things that he was doing in Kannapolis last year where he kind of found his stroke really had his first good offensive stint of his professional career. And he's been a pro since 2017 and he continued that into high a and um, was one of the couple bats in project Birmingham that basically got a month of playing time with them. And he did pretty well there. He's a contact guy um, kind of similar to uh jose rodriguez but rodriguez should have more power by by the end of what we're talking about but high average um very low walks uh the strikeouts actually uh did look better uh compared to last year uh just because it is a higher level it was kind of the same throughout a ball but because it was mostly in high a this year um still was pretty good 16 percent um basically what you just want to see from him is bring the walks up a little bit. Um, and if you can't, then probably move to power and, and if the strikeouts go up, but you're hitting for uh, a better than a 167 ISO, which he did this year. And that's, that's all fine. Mm-hmm. Um, he's pretty much basically your average hitter right now, wherever he goes. Um, so just whatever that takes him to that next step, power is probably the thing that can just because he is six three one eighty. 180. Um, but if he, I assume he's going to start in Birmingham next year, and that's really like step one of if you can do it in Birmingham, then everyone should pay attention to you more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just basically what he has to do: keep doing what he did at the end of last year, into this year, into Birmingham, um, and then look, maybe you have an outfielder. And this is something we are going to do because I'm not going to just leave you alone all winter, Darren. I'm going to bug you probably once a month. And we're going to have chats that might be a little broader. And that is probably something we are going to drill down into a little bit more. The sorts of things that you look for at each step that indicates you're going to have success at the next step. And we're going to sort of get inside the uh, scouts notebook of Darren Black. So prepare yourself. I mean, you got plenty of time to prepare now. I'm putting you under the gun. I'm putting you under scrutiny. Hey, listen, Darren, that's it. Those are the good guys. Well, no. Okay. Those aren't all the good guys to talk about, but we're going to probably take a turn after the break and talk about a couple of guys who sort of continue to struggle. Maybe, maybe a ray of light with a couple we're talking about, but uh, we're going to take a minute break. Come on back and uh, continue talking about the Winston Salem dash. Who will be, we be talking about in the second half? Hang with us and find out. Mother's day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. White Sox fans, Brett Valentini here with my good buddy and our miners expert at Southside Sox. It's Darren Black. He's given us the scoop on a couple of real promising uh, prospects for the White Sox guys who actually got to Project Birmingham, um, even though we are addressing them in the Winston-Salem Dash uh, podcast and write-up, uh, and, and actually hit the ground running, didn't, didn't drown. Uh, guys yeah. who continued to struggle this season to varying degrees, 
Uh, guys, we will always, always and forever associate as one, at least until one of them is forced to retire from the game of baseball. Not that we hope that's happening anytime soon. Uh, Matthew Thompson and Drew Dahlquist, two guys who struggled a bit. I think Matthew mm. Thompson is a bit uh, brighter. So, hey, man, let's just keep the good vibes going. Uh, talk to me about Thompson sort of as the full picture and maybe particularly the stuff we still need to see from him if we're going to get him sort of back on that prospect track. Because right now I, I'd say he's his knees are shaking a little bit on it. Yeah. Um, for Matthew Thompson, I mean, uh, if we want to just keep it really simple, we just want to see him pitch well. We just want to keep it as simple as that. Um, but I mean, his his season last year, obviously uh, coming out of the pandemic, uh, a lost year being drafted to high, as a high schooler, probably not, you know, mm-hmm. a fantastic uh, player development trajectory. Yeah. Um, but this year he had a whole off season. He came up a whole entire year and he just kind of didn't get it going. Um, for the most part, he started off really, really well, and then just kind of just lost it. I think it was after about five starts where I think the ERA was in the mid ones, uh, high ones. Um, he just couldn't strike out anybody um, at, by the end. Uh, didn't really, the walks actually improved, which was a thing that we talked about last year. They just bring down the walks, but um, the strikeouts also fell a good 3% from last year. Um, he got, he still got hit a bit. Um, homers became an issue. Um, overall still the year was actually better results wise than it was last year. Um, but you don't want to see a guy, uh, uh, with the stuff that he's supposed to have fastball, couple good, uh, breaking pitches, um, or potentially good breaking pitches. And then, you know, strikeouts go down. That's definitely not what you want to see. Um, now he did end the year I mean I wouldn't say good with Birmingham but the strikeouts did tick up a bit by the end with Birmingham um so just the whole chunk of that middle of the season uh he just really looked pedestrian so um I, he's you know still young he'll just be 22 next year I assume he'll start in Birmingham um basically you just want to see him get out because he legitimately has struggles getting outs, um, not just with the strikeout, but just any way possible. It's fair to say that in the offseason, we are going to be addressing in more detail or exclusively the whole concept behind Project Birmingham and the pluses. And listen, it's not just all pluses. It all sounds fun. And when Chris gets gets up to the podium and chats about how cool it's going to be, it, it's very exciting for everyone. And then in reality, we see how it's executed and and, and maybe there's reason for some second guessing, but we're not doing that here. We're just talking about guys' seasons. And, yes, Matthew Thompson. Okay, listen, uh, Drew Dahlquist last year, the one thing that people said, you know, and, again, if we're going to extend it to the sort of triumvirate, including Jared Kelly as sort of the young arms, uh, the one advantage that Dahlquist seemed to have over Kelly and Thompson last year was that he had enough durability to sort of pitch essentially a full season, which, again, is – and that's not absent praise, but that's faint praise, let's be honest. And this year it seems like uh, Drew just did not – have a good year and it seems like clearly not making progress the way you could even uh indicate that maybe matthew thompson did in 2022 so give me the lowdown on what's going on with drew dahlquist and just what is his trajectory because this this is starting to get into maybe some scary territory yeah well the trajectory is definitely down from last year um again same with thompson strikeouts went down but the walks did tick down a little bit so the command was there um, but he wasn't missing bats. And when 
uh, with that decrease, he basically was given up a 300 batting average against, mm. which, you know, like a, a 250, like you don't want to see that, but a two, like 97, which is what he was at. Um, every three batters, like getting a hit in a lineup is not great. <laughs> um, and that leads to a near seven ERA. Uh, and that makes complete sense. Um, I know if you look at his Birmingham totals, you're like, oh, a 338 ERA, but he had the same amount of strikeouts as walks. So maybe the defense was just good behind him and he got uh, a few more double plays than normal. Um, another concerning thing just in general about him is the ground ball rate was 32%. Uh, normally that's, you don't really pay too much attention to that, but with the amount that batters are pulling against him, uh, the amount of line drives he gave up, uh, the amount of fly balls, uh, that he also gave up 20, like a fourth of the, uh, balls again, uh, balls in play against him, uh, were line drives. So that's pretty good contact right there. So that's where that 297 batting average against came from. Um, yeah, I, I honestly think that he should probably just start and stay in with the dash next year uh, as well. Um, I know there's not, once we talk about Charlotte, God forbid, um, they (laughs) have a real lack of starting pitch talent. (laughs) So like maybe they just need to put him in Birmingham just because, Um, but if we're talking just straight development and we want to try to salvage something from him, he should probably stick with the dash and see if he can improve in year two there. I mean, listen, we got time. So, you know, a sneak preview on this Project Birmingham. It's like, okay, even Matthew Thompson, maybe there's a case. Drew Dahlquist goes to Birmingham and pitches. And yes, you could say, as you even pointed out, wow, but look at that ERA. Maybe he just, maybe he just needed the challenge. Well, come on. All right. Well, you know, we'll, we'll save it for that podcast here. And I'm just, you can tell I'm itching to have a point counterpoint about project Birmingham. Um, the one other name I wrote down, uh, there are probably gonna be more guys you want to throw at me or maybe not because you're just nonplussed about the whole dash scene. Uh, but a guy who seemed like he got, I want to say sort of an aggressive assignment um, when he joined the white Sox organization last season and sort of faltered. And this year he sort of started where he should, and he seemed to really uh, blossom. And I think, just coincidentally, maybe the stolen base rules coming to a major league diamond near you next year uh, might have really helped this guy flourish. But Duke Ellis uh, was a disruptor this year. And he uh, I'm just this guy is I'm not going to call him an enigma, but I just really need to know what to expect from him. Is he just a guy who's going to be fun to watch at the minor league level, <laughs> peak at Charlotte and whatnot, but he definitely has one killer weapon and it's stealing bags. And it's not just this year's just, Oh, great. In the minor league <laughs> in the clown gate where the bases were 40, you know, 40 feet apart. He stole 800 bases, but Hey, next year that's Chicago. <laughs> yeah. He, he is a fun, he, he is a fun player. He was an undrafted free agent last year. So um, he went straight to the Winston-Salem dash. Um, so, I mean, they probably thought, oh, undrafted free agent. Let's just get him in the system and see what happens. Um, but he is, I mean, he's a speedster. He does strike out a bit too much a quarter of the time in uh, Winston-Salem, which if you're, if you think of a guy that's, you know, like that fast, then you would think maybe he doesn't strike out that much. He just mm-hmm. kind of slaps it everywhere. Right. Um, but he kind of actually doesn't. Um, walks are above 10%. Obviously the K's just mentioned a quarter of the time. Um, but he is going to have to rely on Babbitt, uh, mostly when he, you know, does actually get the bat on the ball. 
Um, 364 is what he had uh, with the dash, which you probably he probably needs to have a 350 ish if he's going to strike out that many times. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he stole 57 packs <laughs> over the course of the year and was only caught nine times. So I mean, that's a great, <laughs> great. <laughs> oh, next year's going to be so fun, Darren. Again, this yeah. is another thing we can debate on because I think it's going to be horrifying. You're like, hey, yeah, you know, attempts were up, whatever, we'll see. And I think it's going to like create an apocalypse in the major league level. So another fun thing we can uh, look forward to in the winter when you just want to be left alone and shivering yeah. up in Chicago. Uh, no, I'm going to bother you and warm you with debate about things like the the bases that are now 30 feet apart. Um, the rules well, that I've been dealing with for two years exactly. that everyone else has to. <laughs> exactly. You're like, hey, let me translate this crazy exotic rule two years ago. And now this year it's sort of like, wow, this is a little weird. And yeah, now you're sitting back saying, yep, see, look at this yep. weird pinball I've been having to read and interpret. And um Yeah the way they're trying to <laughs> bastardize the game. And now it's going to be in the major leagues. Splendid. Uh, okay. Now who am I missing? Um, do we need to make good or bad? Uh, somebody that we want to make sure that we uh, touch on with the dash um, that merits mentioned that I'm deciding to skip because I'm just a clown. Uh, well, I mean, I know we talked uh, about um, these other guys in the Canapolis podcast, but uh, Christian mania had some time there um, and Colson Montgomery did, but we talked a bunch in Canapolis. So go listen to Canapolis if you want to. <laughs> yeah. Don't get them. angry. Don't stop um, writing your letter. We talked about those guys. Yeah. yeah. Anybody exclusive to the dash that we might miss that we wouldn't end up picking up in Birmingham. Cause we got a lot of, again, tons of overlap because oh, project Birmingham and all that. I mean, the white Sox played by no rules this year. And here's the problem. The system's <laughs> record was still horrible. So, oh, okay. Try again next yeah. year. <laughs> um, a, out of out of anybody, just because he's going to be in the Arizona Fall League, Adam Hackenberg um, okay. uh, was kind of a part of Project Birmingham. wasn't as highly regarded as you know the actual top prospects going. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know MLB Pipeline ranks him as number thirty. He is first or second in the system at this point as a catching prospect with Carlos Perez probably one at this point. Um, but that's just kind of his name. He's actually better defensively than he is as a hitter, but you definitely want to see him improve uh, from an 89 WRC plus with, you know, the high A Winston-Salem dash. So you hope he gets better there, but just worth mentioning that, you know, there's still other catchers that are coming through the system that are at least of note. And rumor has it, your homework never ends, Darren. Rumor has it, we might do an Arizona Fall League preview podcast. We might. You might push back on me there. We might. So there might be a more uh, opportunity to talk a little bit and, and drill down into him as our number two catching prospect in the system. Brother Darren. Uh, okay. Well, listen, we signed on for this. We are White Sox fans. We have to talk about the White Sox system. We can't just say, hey, let's talk about the Tampa system, but we're going to root for the White Sox in the majors. It just doesn't work that way. So these are the guys we 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 deal with year in, year out. And uh, hey, guess what? We still got more of these podcasts to go. We still have to address Birmingham and God help you, Charlotte, uh, <laughs> and maybe even Arizona Fall League. So uh, there's more to come. Um, tomorrow, uh, tune in to uh, Birmingham. Guys, you might think we might have talked about with the, the Dash and didn't already with Canapolis. Probably coming up with Birmingham. We're not going to miss anybody. Come on, it's Darren Black. <laughs> You're going to miss anybody. Give me a break. Uh, anyhow, uh, Darren, thanks for talking about the uh, 58 and 74 Winston-Salem Dash with me. Uh, shout out to Julie Brady, whose heart is still in Winston-Salem when it comes mm-hmm. to the minor league system. Uh, bless her for that, uh, because again, painful probably for her to watch as well. Made her eyes water a little bit, but, uh, Darren, uh, dry your eyes. We are uh, talking Birmingham next. Um, catch you tomorrow.
Yep, catch you tomorrow. <laughs>